I didn't get a chance to refill my mug, but I will go ahead and pretend <laughs> so that we can get it on. Really, it's really all about sponsorship at the end of the day. It's very yeah. slow sips. Yeah, there you so go. I should probably do this to see if we can get Monster on as a sponsor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is my esteemed co-host, Matthew Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for people that are trigger pressers, shooters. Uh, we also have people on here that talk about uh, unarmed defense. And uh, I think today, that is an example of who we have. Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce our special guest? Definitely, thanks, Clint. So we've got Rob from McDojo Life. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Presser is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. I've been in the martial arts industry for 22 years of my life. It's been my sole purpose, my, my job for 22 years. I mean, I started when I was 12 as a child, you know, I got working in the industry almost right away by doing little things around the dojo to kind of make my, um, my tuition lower. Um, so that way I could, you know, my family could afford for me to go. Uh, so I worked in the dojo from the time I was 12 doing little stuff, you know, pick up after class, stuff like that, clean the mats. And then over time, you just kind of get indoctrinated into the system, you know, like, okay, well, what's next? What's the next logical step? Okay, well, now I'm assisting classes. Oh, now I'm teaching classes. Awesome. Oh, now I'm the lead instructor. Um, you know, I owned a school. You know, I've, I've been in the industry for a very long time. And what I've noticed over the years is there's no regulating body to the martial arts. It doesn't exist at all. It's like a fantasy land. So when it comes to like your plumbing, for instance, a plumber could show up and he could literally take a plunger to unclog your toilet, but he has to be registered to be able to do so. He has to be a certified plumber, right? In order to, you know, like same thing with construction workers, right? Or electricians, all of these things you have to go to school for, you have to be registered or certified to do because they, of course, they involve people's safety and things like that. But yet the martial arts, the one thing that is guaranteed to involve someone's safe safety directly is not regulated at all. And so over the years, you get things like pedophiles, you get con men, you get liars, frauds, cheats, and you get some people who are so good at it, they've been able to perpetuate lies for not just years, but hundreds of years. They'll start the lie, and then their lineage, all the people that they teach, perpetuate it, and then, of course, there's no way to go back and check on it um, because that guy's dead. And so now this, these arts exist 
based off of lies from people who just made stuff up. I didn't think of it that that much in depth because I was thinking it was people just because I know I've heard you and seen some of the stuff you've done where you said I'm not calling out an individual per se. I'm more so calling out the craft or or a certain uh, lineage like you just alluded to. But I never really thought that much going all the way back that it could be hundreds of years. That's fascinating. Well, I'm of the opinion that if we film anybody for a long enough period of time, uh, you know, we'll see them do something stupid, right? And so I don't think that's a reason to crucify somebody for their life. I think that these clips and moments in their life, albeit dumb, are highly dangerous for the student. And so what my biggest concern is, is like these clips and these moments in in an internet computer age, Mm, some people take that and run with it and they believe it. And then they wind up falling into these indoctrinated cults to where now they believe they can do things like knock people out with their mind, or they believe that they can touch someone in the arm and make the person fall over. Um, and so to me, it's, it's almost um, negligent for anyone in the martial arts industry to see that type of behavior and not say anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the opposite of, of good isn't evil, it's indifference. It's good people going, you know what, eh, keep doing it. We're gonna worry about us, you keep doing being over there, and why not? You go ahead and molest those kids. We'll just ignore the fact that you did that. No one will call it out, and we'll just be over here worrying about us. To me, that's that's ridiculous. I I just in a, in a direct um, industry where honor, integrity, pride, you know, tradition, all of these things are supposed to be at the pinnacle of what we do. They seem to be just falling to the wayside because it becomes more of an ego thing nowadays. It's all about me. It's all about my fight. It's all about me getting into the cage. It's all about my win. It's all about my students. It's all about my art. That's the complete opposite of what martial artists should be sure. teaching. Yeah. I mean, I took, I took karate as a kid and, uh, and that was it. I mean, it was a karate kid watching the karate kid movies as a kid and Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, Miyagi yeah, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. But it, I guess it kind of, that, that kind of goes in that thought process yeah. of somebody's doing something wrong and you just ignore it. Like, oh, I'm just going to turn a blind eye to that. I mean, that right there is you're just as culpable because you're not doing something to make it right. Let's say here's a, here's a good example, right? Um, let's say I, I decide that I'm going to start Rob's martial arts and all you can eat Chinese food emporium, right? You, you know, you come for the karate, you stay for the egg rolls. And people start coming to me and they go, man, these egg rolls are good, but he also teaches karate. I made it up completely 100%. And now to people who are already in the industry, it's quite glaringly obvious that that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. But the people who aren't, they might not know the difference. And I know we would want to think that they do, but this is an industry where you got to figure what, I'd say at least 75% of the world spend most of their life trying to avoid conflict. Mm. They don't want to get into a conflict with somebody. They don't want to learn about violence. They don't want to do any of this, even though it exists, they want to pretend that it doesn't. And so they don't prepare for it. But let's say a moment happens in your life where all of a sudden you fall on hard times where let's say you got mugged. Uh, Let's say it'd be terrible, but let's say someone got raped. Let's say somebody got assaulted, any of that stuff. All of a sudden you wake up and you go, man, I, did, I was not prepared for this moment. I need to learn. So you go to my studio. The only thing you know at that moment about martial arts is that I'm an instructor. That's it. So you walk in, you take the class. Now, if I'm charismatic enough and I know like the uh, business, like the, uh, the five objections, and I know how to sell you on something, then what's going to happen is as soon as you walk through that door, I already have you signed up. All right, you, you believe me wholeheartedly because – I mean, sign on the door. You're there. Yeah. Why would you, why would I lie? Right. And then of course, now you become devout and you stay with me for 30 years. I die. 
right? No one finds out my life for 30 years. I passed away and you've been training. Well, now you're the next in line. You're now a devout disciple of this cult. And now you're going to go spread that knowledge to other people. And now you're going to get other people in the cult. Let's say you're more charismatic than me and you know business. Well, now you have more people and more people and more. Next thing you know, there's hundreds of people. And then you have a legit lineage. You can say, hey, I learned from this guy. This is the art that we taught, all that stuff. Who is going to go back and research all that? Most people don't. And next well, thing you I can, I can, I agree with you 100% when it comes to those folks who are just unscrupulous people who are hiding from something. They're covering up uh, you know, bad decisions. And, and as you said, omission is a lie, right? But I will say when it comes to technique and stuff, like can vary if it's some. safe, if it's ethical, and if it's contextually appropriate, then uh, that's kind of like my litmus test, my standard, at least with firearms training. Is it mm -hmm. safe? Is it ethical? Is it contextually appropriate? Now, if you have, say, for instance, in, uh, someone who's teaching room clearances and running down people with guns, and do, to me, that's not contextually appropriate for a civilian. Right, where my first, my first uh, order of business, whether that be legally or morally, is to just avoid altogether. So that would be an example of that. Do you do you look at things that way, or are you looking specifically at the individual? Well, I look at. I have five different rules that I go by that are very very specific, which most of them are illegal. But other than that, I also want to kind of just drop this in your mind too about standards in the industry. Right. The firearm industry is a much different industry than the martial arts industry. Mm -hmm. One, you guys actually have money. <laughs> that's, that's cool. We don't. <laughs> martial artists are mostly broke. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, think about martial arts again as like an umbrella term. Think about martial arts. Now think about it like magic. There are a lot of different magicians. You have stage magic and you have coin magic and you have ball and cup magic. Right. There are all these different types of magic. Well, martial arts has all those different niches. So we have guys who are like self-defense guys, right? We have guys who are like, okay, well, we're going to teach primarily military police. You have guys that teach jujitsu, karate, taekwondo. You have guys who teach just specifically to get into stunt work, like Hollywood. Yeah, so for those yeah. guys, it doesn't need to apply at all. It just needs to look good on camera. And so because of all these different things, what happens is a lot of these things get mislabeled or misused. Mm -hmm. So like I see a lot of guys who don't know anything about self-defense, like for instance, Aikido to me is not a self-defense art. It is a martial art. It does have a legitimate lineage, but it's not a self-defense art. So when guys try to label it as that, it's a mislabeling, which is super dangerous. That'd be like me mislabeling my poison as coffee and drinking it. It's just that dangerous. And so that that's my main issue is mislabeling. If you want to do cardio kickboxing just because you want to lose weight, no one expects you to know how to fight. No one wants you to know how to fight. That's not what it's for. But if you lose 30 pounds, it's effective for you and what you want. Hmm. Um, so that's how I look at it a little bit. But I also have five standard rules, um, which are really easy. Most people, you can remember them pretty easy. One is the easiest one, pedophiles, <laughs> right? We shouldn't have pedophiles in the martial arts industry, but it thrives in the industry. Most people don't even know, right? They would never know. But there's like people out there who have been convicted, who took plea deals, who weren't put on sex offender registries because of the plea deal that they took, and they're still out there teaching kids today. Hmm. So it's scary. If you type that's, in that's a failing of government there. <laughs> yeah, just type in martial arts molestation on Google, and somebody got arrested for it within the last two weeks. I wow. promise. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. That's um, reminiscent of of another industry that's out there where people are 
pedophiles in there and kind of gone with a blind eye or handled internally. In law enforcement, I, I, I hear the horror stories when it comes to colleges. You know, you've got a college, they've got their own internal security team and law enforcement that work at the college are told, you know, okay, well, if they're, they're doing any kind of drugs, don't, you know, don't give them a, a ticket, don't arrest them, nothing like that, because their parents donate so much money that, that it would hurt our, mm-hmm. our foundation. And when it's like, it's all about the money, boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but that's, that's, that's it. That's in everything. It's all about the money when it comes to that. It's all about the money when it comes to uh, certain faith-based organizations and uh, with, pedophilia we'll leave it at that as well as like you just alluded to rob in, in martial arts well going back to your your other point uh, so the contextually appropriate thing i think is exactly what you were saying so if you're teaching stunt kung fu for lack of a better term to, to work in hollywood well if they're doing it for that cool if they're yeah. doing it and then labeling it as as defensive training well then that's not contextually appropriate and that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the same the same standard i like to hold uh, you know firearms training to yes sir Going back to the the, the pedophilia business, uh, I mean that that is that's a problem in all kinds of industries, and I think that is mostly a failing of of the government. You know, again, this this always takes. I always end up going back to to pro gun uh, activism, but you know, rather than put more laws on to law abiding citizens, right. they should just prosecute people for what they're doing and hold them hold them accountable, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, again, this, the, the main problem with, like I said, with the martial arts industry, one is we really put our instructors on pedestals, even before we meet them, just the word black belt means, you know, like, oh man, this guy's got to be good at what they do. It's like the standard of any industry. If you say, man, this guy's like a black belt in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's because of Hollywood and over the years, all the mysticism surrounding the martial arts and stuff like that. You know, we put these people on pedestals and we forget they're just people. This is a job. This is a service that I'm paying for. You, and I would not put anyone else on that same pedestal unless they earned it. I wouldn't, you know, confide in my barber unless I was comfortable and was, did that. I wouldn't walk in and do that automatically. You know, same thing with anybody. I wouldn't hire a scissors are sharp. Say that again? I said those scissors are sharp. You got to be yeah, sure. right. But like you wouldn't like, for instance, go um, the first day you go to your barber, right? You wouldn't go, hey, man, you changed my life. What you did today changed my life. You wouldn't say that to anybody, but it happens to people in martial arts all the time. They'd be like, dude, I am now going to be committed here for the next decade or more of my life because of you. Your barber messes up your haircut one time. You were going to a new one. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, I'm Kevin Arias with Guardian Personal Defense Training in Oswego, Illinois, and you're watching Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. People are seeking out education for whatever reason. The motivation might be very different. As you said, it might be because they were assaulted. Maybe they had an epiphany. They have a baby and they realize they have to take on the responsibility. So when they buy into someone, they're opening themselves up and their minds up to the information that that person is giving. And yeah, yeah certainly folks will, I mean, I, I'm, I've had it with, with some of my students too, people, and, and I've done it with other trainers that I've trained under. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid, man. I'm, I'm right on board and, and I'll follow you brother. And that's, <laughs> I think that's something that people do, especially if they open themselves up to someone and say, Hey, I don't know. I want to learn from you. There's that connection there that, yeah, you're not going to get with your barber. 
Yeah. I suppose um, if you go to barber school and he's teaching you how to be a barber, then that might be <laughs> a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so solid mentorship. One of my other rules, which is like unsafe training practices, mm-hmm. they'll line their students up, make them put their hands down and they'll condition their head by punching them as hard as they can in the head and they'll go down the line. Now, anybody who knows anything about CTE concussions Uh knows that that's a terrible idea. It doesn't condition anything. Your brain is sitting inside your skull and now it's bouncing around. Right. So it's unsafe. And that just kills me. Um, Because that's probably one of the worst things that I see is people getting physically abused in the martial arts because they think it's actual training when it's not. Right. Well, there you, you're at the same standard. I am. Is it safe? Is it ethical? Is it contextually appropriate? I think like, we agree on that completely. Yes, sir. We, we wouldn't tell one of our students, like, I tase people, I pepper spray people. I'm not going to shoot somebody. I'm not going to save my student. <laughs> you, you need to know how it feels to be shot so that, you know, you can fight against this when you're shot. That, that only happens once, and then the student doesn't come back. So it's yeah. kind of, it doesn't make sense to do that. I mean, if you're wrapping somebody's head and they, they walk out of there with a, with a concussion, that's not too good. So you said you had five, five different uh, points, five different things you look at. We talked about pedophilia. Um, we talked about, is it safe, right? Yeah. And then also like when, when it comes to unsafe, I also like to clump in like cult-like behavior, okay. uh, which happens a lot. I, I've seen it in almost every industry, to be honest. Anybody could take advantage of somebody for their own personal gain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens anywhere. To me, that's cult-like behavior. It's like, I'm the cult leader. You're going to do what I say because it's going to help me and not you. Drink the, uh, drink the flavor aid thing, right? Yeah, exactly. A little Jim Jones action for you. And right. it doesn't take much to go from I'm your, I'm your instructor to I'm your leader to now I'm your guru to now I'm doing things illegally and you're going to do them for me so I, have, I can wash my hands of it. You know, it's a very thin, thin line. Um, it's, it's really crazy stuff. I see, um, that, in, I see that in both uh, law enforcement and foster care where we've got parents that'll do that. They'll have their kids steal stuff just so that they, they can't be uh, held accountable. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to me. It's, there's no excuse for it. And again, like in the martial arts, everybody has a different version of what they call a McDojo. Most people equate it to finances or money or how quickly you get your belt. I'm not that way because I think that there's because there's no standard. Why are we nitpicking about these stupid little things? That's kind of like an ego thing. Mm-hmm. To me, I think they're a bigger fish to fry. You know, like the, the next one is uh, lying about your belt rank or fight record. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, this is what most people in the military would consider like stolen valor. Yeah, sure. so definitely. You go in, you claim to be a black belt. You're not a black belt. In the martial arts, there's a moment of reckoning that happens where a real black belt will eventually come into your studio based off of like knowledge of your particular art. They will either listen to your class, take your class, or spar with you. And at that moment, it's a moment of truth for you. It's a very big deal in the arts. So if a black belt comes in from your particular art, let's say karate, and you're teaching a karate class, and things aren't matching up, things are like off a little bit. Well, okay, maybe it's a little bit of a different style, different wording. Okay, I can let that pass, but that's that's not what that is. And then all of a sudden you spar, and you're moving around with them, and you're just beating the shit out of them. Like you can, you have to take a step back and go, whoa, come on now, where did you train? Who did you train with? And they start listing all the things like military guys would do. You know, what unit did you serve in? When did you serve? So it's the same thing with martial arts. The only difference is when I spoke with Tim Kennedy, um, I asked him a question. I said, hey, what's worse, stolen valor or fake black belts? And he told me straight up fake black belts. And that shocked me because stolen valor to me is the most disrespectful thing you can do. Right. They're safe and disrespectful. 
Yeah, exactly. And so when it comes to fake black belts, though, they're putting other people's lives in their hands and livelihood in their hands. And so if I'm just trying to get 10% off at Starbucks because I wore a military uniform, that affects me and other people get upset about it. Right. But if I teach people fake martial arts or self-defense, it doesn't work. I might actually get those people hurt or killed. I'm Austin Allgaier from Mantis. This is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. No touch knockouts. Ah. So, it's, uh, so no touch knockouts, believe it or not, is a humongous thing globally. Not just in isolated areas, but around the world, people believe that they can manipulate and or knock people out without ever touching them. But I've seen um, it on YouTube. It's got to be true. <laughs> exactly. You know, in Indonesia, it's something called Tanaga Dalam, which is like their version of what we would consider like called chi, right? And no, and all around the world, like everybody calls it something different. It's chi, it's chi, it's Tanaga Dalam. And the reason is it's so convoluted is because it's bullshit. <laughs> it's made up. Like, because you can call it whatever you want and repackage it and it yep. still works because it's like a universal term. Like chi could mean air in one region. Chi could mean energy in another region. Right. It means all these different things. And so when people try to describe what it is, no one can ever give you a direct answer. It's the funniest thing in the world with, with no touch knockouts are also like things like pressure point knockouts and things like that. More like Wait, you're calling bullshit on the Vulcan neck pinch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my son's going to be upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you'll see uh, places, big companies hire people who have no clue what they're doing to teach garbage like this which to me is super unsafe. Like uh, Marie Claire did this one thing where they hired a lady who knew, who admitted, I follow her on Facebook or Instagram, it's amazing. She admitted to knowing absolutely no self-defense whatsoever, never been formally trained, never even took a class. And they hired her as a model to teach the self-defense video for Marie Claire. It got millions upon millions of views, right? All these women are like, yeah, this is awesome. This is something me and my, my spouse need to practice and blah, blah, blah. It goes to show you how little people really know about self-defense. Where anybody who's ever trained anything ever looks at this and goes, the hell is she doing? People say knowing something is better than nothing. That is a load of garbage. Mm -hmm. Knowing just enough to get you hurt is worse than knowing nothing. And if somebody tries to steal your purse, okay, they stole my purse. Cool, we move yeah. on with life. Yeah. Somebody steals your purse, you took a weekend warrior course, and now you start defending the purse. And then this dude who's been doing nothing but living off the streets and needs that money for crack turns around and punches you in the face as hard as he can. They outweighs you by 50 pounds in your head. Ricochets off the concrete. Yep, You're yep. dead. You're dead. All because of what? You believed in some guru who didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, uh, we see that a lot in videos on YouTube all the time. Uh, the ones that drive me nuts the, that really get my goat disarming techniques with firearms and there, there was this spoof that on, on YouTube or Facebook that I seen months back where, you know, the gun was in front of him and he, I mean, you see master Ken, he'll do the funny ones like the disarming yeah, I love, and then re, restomp re the groin. But yeah. um, you know, there, there's just some out there that it's like, they, are they serious? What is the fifth point that you wanted to talk about here on the show today? Uh, shady business practices. So like I've seen guys who owned martial arts studios here in the town that I live at, and people were late for class payments and they went to their door at their house, knocked on the door and strong armed them for payment. Wow. Or, um, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, um, Hey, it's going to be X amount of dollars a month. We'll just say a hundred bucks a month. Right. They won't tell you any of the other hidden prices. Then all of a sudden you find out, Oh, I got to pay for belt testing fees. Oh, I have to pay for these seminars. Oh, I have to pay for this equipment. That's mm. shady. 
If you yeah. say open that up front, there's nothing wrong with that. You can charge whatever you want. If you right. want to charge a thousand dollars a month and people are willing to pay for it, good for you. But if you're lying about what you're doing and you're manipulating people with the system to be able to extort more money out of them, that's wrong. Hi, I'm Reverend Ken Blanchard, also known as the Black Man with the Gun, and you're listening and watching Meet the Pressers with Matt and Clint. Meet the Pressers. I love the martial arts. It has truly changed my life, and that's the most cliche you can th- say about martial arts. But it has. That's it awesome. changed my life. You know, I was bullied as a kid. I was put in the hospital by kids when I was a child. That's why I started to begin with. I got beaten for five minutes by kids. I got jumped and I was beaten for five minutes by kids while two teachers watched. No one did anything about it. No one stopped it because some weird school policy in which the, the, the teachers weren't supposed to intervene or some garbage. That's crazy. Wow. Anyway, I stood, I, you know, the only reason I know it was five minutes is because of the bells for classes. The bell rang. They started beating wow. on me. The next bell rang. Five minutes is a very, very yeah. long time yes. in a fight. It's even worse when you have multiple people stabbing with pencils, stepping on your head, between wow. you and concrete. It was bad. I mean, bad. So it wasn't just a brawl. It was like they were stabbing you with pencils? Yeah. Yeah. They had. A, I remember a one kid stabbed me with a pencil twice before it broke, um, I know, um, which I still have a scar on my finger from because I was like, you know, and he stabbed me in the shoulder. Um, but I put my hand up uh, first and it stabbed me in the hand. Um, and then the uh, next one hit me in the shoulder and it broke. Um, but then like, um, that's like, you know, teachers watched the whole thing. They did nothing. And so like a friend of mine walked up to me, he was late for the class. Thanks dude. But we're still, we're still best friends today. Um, but he handed me a card, he picked me up and he handed me a card. And I mean, it's the weirdest shit, but like he said, you need this. Hmm. And it was like, he just happened to carry these with him cause he was a black belt at the time and whatever karate we were doing. And he handed a card and he said, you need this. And he was like, it was for karate. And, but it did, it changed my life. It made me hold myself differently. Mm-hmm. It made me see the world in a different light. It made me feel a little bit more empowered than I did before. You know, I knew no matter what the day held for me, that when I went to the mat, I was going to be treated like an equal because it had nothing to do with your looks, your size, your height, your weight, your ethnicity, who and how you have sex. None of that shit matters on the mat. No one cares. It's can you apply what you say you can apply? And if you can't, let's work together to make you better. It's, it's the ultimate like leveling playing field. You know, At, when you fight another human being, it is the most honest moment you will ever have with another person, period. And you can always monitor this by just fighting with a spouse. What do they do? What does your girlfriend or your wife say as soon as like you start getting into a fight? The utter truth that they've been holding on, waiting to throw at you like bullets, right? Well, you did this. Well, that's how they really feel. Well, when you're fist fighting another person, it's the same thing. You cannot lie in that moment to yourself and you can't lie to the other person. It is ultimate truth. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I think that's why most people avoid real, real conflict is because I think they're terrified of what's going to come out. They're scared of that moment of truth. Let our listeners and our, our viewers know a little bit about the, uh, what they can do to help your, your project out. I know you've got a, uh, is it a, uh, GoFundMe account set up? Yeah. So we have a documentary we're filming. So, because a lot of the information that we covered today, a lot of people aren't aware of. They don't know that pedophilia is a huge problem in the martial arts. They don't know about these shady business practices. They don't know that people are teaching things that will get people hurt or killed, right? They're just not unaware because most people don't take martial arts. And so the goal is to try to make a documentary to kind of explain all of those things and to kind of put out a warning and a guideline for people who are about to be in martial arts or people who are in martial arts to be aware that to double check and make sure they're not involved in a cult because um, they might not know. 
So we have a we do have an Indiegogo account, and uh, you can go to mcdojolife.com, and then on there there are all kinds of different tiers. Uh, you can even be in the movie. There, there's all kinds of different things. We have a, a Instagram page that's private that'll give you behind the scenes and updates about what's going on with the film. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff like uniforms. We have a behind the scenes footage that only people who pay X amount are going to be able to get, like film edited out stuff that didn't make the movie. All that stuff. We have tons of stuff on there. Uh, you could be there for the premiere. You could train with some of the best fighters in the world who have agreed to be in this film, which I'm super excited to have all that support. Um, you know, so. The goal here is to try to create something that'll help the community. Um, and it's never been done before, which is amazing to me. There's never been a full length documentary about frauds in the martial arts ever. So this will be the first one. So we're really excited to get started. Cool. Well, let me know when you're ready to do the audio post on it. I'll give you a hand on that. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> well, it was great having you on, Rob. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys having me. I always enjoy talking shop. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Kevin Dixie, also known as KD. This is Meet the Pressers with Matt and Clint. Meet the Pressers. We've got a lot of sponsors that make this show possible. Check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to subscribe, click the little bell, like, comment, follow, and share. And you can also support us on Patreon, host us to teach a course at your location, or come to our location and take a course. Until next time. Adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers. 